<laughs> I'm so happy that guy got fired, by the way. We're, we're sticking with the story that the guy who made Ladros is gone. <laughs> what, what do you mean sticking to the story? That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. I heard it. I heard it on the casuals of Rune Terra. I know it to be true. <laughs> Those guys are never wrong. <laughs> they haven't been wrong once. They just don't miss. They, <laughs> they don't, just don't miss. miss. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, Episode 7. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. He keeps bringing me back. He's he keeps bringing, bringing back. me back I, in. I hope now that we're far enough where people have forgotten your real name, where now you have to be an OG. <laughs> right? We're seven episodes in. Oh, my goodness. It feels like it was just yesterday. Anyone confused by that, please go check out Episode 1. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, One, two, three, and four. six. <laughs> and then come back and you'll have all the knowledge you need. Just listen to it all, please. Just please. We need the support. Uh, housekeeping up top, man. <laughs> As usual, uh, you can listen to us everywhere now. We're on all the platforms. Let us know if we missed one. Uh, YouTube, we're there too. Those videos usually go up a little bit after uh, the upload of everything else because uh, it takes a little bit of time. You can follow us on Twitter. That's where we're. That's the only thing we're on social media wise. That's what we like. Uh, so we'll be hanging out there and doing retweets and such. So follow us there to keep up to date with episodes if you want uh, at podcast core at C-O-R. And you can also send us an email at podcastcore at gmail.com uh, for all the fun antics we have at the end of the episode. If you want to join in on that, definitely send us the emails uh, and we'll mention them on the subsequent episode. Uh, and then always please leave a like, follow, short review, comment, emojis, Fine. six star. We're still going for antics. we're still trying to be the Fun six star antics. podcast. The hatches ransom notes. That's what this is I turning know. into. Yeah. <laughs> I got a surprise for you. Ah crap. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the listeners love it to see what, what he's gonna get. I got, I got one for this episode as well. Don't oh. worry. I'm always prepared. <laughs> so tell a friend how you are married to your new favorite podcast, Casuals of Runeterra. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the game. Uh, <laughs> Stay in the game. Stay in the game. <laughs> All right. So Don't I'm so playing. Pleased. Yeah, mine's fairly short. Uh, I'm playing a discard aggro deck that was posted by Swim a while back, and this was after all the tournaments, those small tournaments happened. Because what I've noticed, and as I was drinking, you can that fact is important. I <laughs> listen. Everyone is playing that damn Elise deck or that Elise Ezreal variant of spiders. And it's so, you know, I, I'm fine with the characters themselves. We won't, we won't go too far into the champions. Um, I like Ezreal. I like, I like Elise, but that deck is so non-interactive that yeah. it feels so, it feels like people found a way to bring up the part of Hearthstone into another game that we don't like is the non-interaction like why would you play and some people are playing that deck because it's easy right and i say easy it can be played at a high level i'm just saying that it's very easy to not have to just answer or all you do is it's, answer your opponent of easy instead of easy like the like what, the what polite way of saying it would be linear like, yeah yeah it's very linear you, you step one step two like you know yeah. what you're gonna do and you just repeat that every game yeah answer uh, your opponent's enemies uh, create spiders for cheap. Chump block, whiteboard. Repeat. Repeat. Play Ladros. 
<laughs> I'm so happy that guy got fired, by the way. We're, we're sticking with the story that the guy who made Ladros is gone. What, what do you mean sticking to the story? That's a fact. That's a fact. I heard it, I heard it on the casuals of Rune Terra. I know it to be true. Those guys are never wrong. <laughs> they haven't been wrong once. They just don't miss. They, they don't, don't miss. miss. <laughs> What are you playing, Hatch? I have been really enjoying the Callista buff. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the second buff now. Um, but uh, now that she only has to see three enemies die, I I have been p- building a couple decks. And yeah. instead of making a spicy one, I just made a really solid um, Shadow Isles Damasia aggro deck, mm-hmm. pairing her with Lucian. And okay. it is brutal. It, like it legitimately is kind of terrifying because um, with the change now that she only has to see three followers die mm-hmm. um, it makes the card haunted relic more than viable now mm-hmm. so haunted relic was i never saw anyone play it and now because it, it's a two mana slow spell for three one ones that die but all of a sudden now if you have that in your opening hand on mm-hmm. turn three you can play Callista and flip Callista. And then a flipped Callista from the get-go is yeah. that's pretty much GG. It's powerful. It's it's super powerful, and it feels like I can, like with that, you know, usually if I get the God Hand turn six, we're probably looking at into the game. But she's she's already the kind of champion that can fight a dragged out fight too. So it's I like it's it. I like it's it. good. Like I. This is one that I'm confident in saying, like, if y'all want to check out something that Hetch is playing that you might actually win with, this is the one. <laughs> yeah, it's you you were exciting. very proud of this. You you kept me in the loop uh, as you were trying it out. Because it started so off exciting. as a meme. You actually talked about it in the episode um, when, we, when we were talking about Shadow Isles. And then you were like, I'm going to try it. And you did. And it kind of got progressively better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're starting to see it see it kind of pop up in yeah. other deck it. lists as well. I did it, you I, guys. I did it, Mama. I won I a game. <laughs> So you heard it here first, guys. This whole time he's been losing. <laughs> he won his first game on episode seven. Um, why? Why aren't Poros viable? <laughs> I, I immediately thought about your Poro mount from last episode. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to episode six, go listen to it. Anyways, main topic. Beauty and the Beast. The the foul beast. Um oh. I'm just joking. Trindamir is not that foul. But anyways, main topic. So we're going to talk about Ash and Trindamir in this episode. So Frail Yord. We're in the Frail Yord. You know, previous episode, we talked about Sejuani as that being the new card coming out. So that was a natural connect to this next region we want to focus on uh, because this is where my wife is from. And oh, <laughs> is this what I sound like? <laughs> is, this, is this what I sound like? But, but, you know, we start with the small stuff first. So let's go into spells. Uh, the spell that stood out to me is uh, probably the first tutor ability we've talked about on this show there's not many of them uh and this is entreat it's a two cost burst spell uh it simply says draw a champion uh, and the quote here is from an uh avarosan sentry and the thing i like about this is it connects to the avarosan story where ash is from that's her tribe uh, which is a tribe that's a little more organized than other ones especially once she takes it over and it kind of plays into the you know sentries are a big deal scouts are a big deal in any type of like military structure, uh, but Avarosans have a nailed down system because they're considered what is rich 
right? When I say rich is mean, like their people aren't hungry. They have shelter. They can rely on certain things. They have a proper like tracking team. They have a proper sentry team. They have a proper archer scout team. Like they're an established tribe. They behave almost like a like a city army. And that's what a lot of other tribes hate. We'll get into that. And I think I think it really is important. Let's we can set this in like put this as a foundation now Mm -hmm. this is going to be a lot different from the other regions because it is not like a city whereas like demacia Mm -hmm. you have like the capital city demacia like it's nah nah for like they they just looking for lunch man like just trying to eat (laughs) it's like oh we have a hut we rich yeah people who are familiar with game of thrones you know very popular series the way the north was handled in game of thrones is very similar to how these northern tribes are handled here Winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> he had, he, we're gonna get sued now. Are we gonna get sued? <laughs> I no, no. Like YouTube, YouTube taught me that it's like less than thirty seconds. <laughs> is good, right? I don't think that applies. <laughs> All right, Hedge. What's your spell? We're not uh, so my quick spell before the lawsuit comes. Yeah, my spell is a little bit on the nose for the episode because it's yeah. going to be the Iceborne Legacy, which Ooh. is perfect while we talk about the legacy that uh-huh. is oh that my is Ash God. and me. But um, <laughs> uh, this, the spell itself, like if speaking directly to the game, has yeah. been like has seen some love because it uh it has been buffed uh, or at least like changed. Mm-hmm. I think technically it was a buff, but yeah, um, it was. It's a five mana slow spell, and it grants an ally and all allied copies of it everywhere plus two plus two. And well, yeah, and it's one of the first times really that um like outside of the Mist Wraith decks, mm-hmm. where because there weren't a lot of there was not a lot of mechanics that were playing around with the whole everywhere idea of the me- yep. Mist race marauders and, are pretty much the only two and then like after the iceborne legacy changed all of a sudden it was like okay you better have removal for these one one spiders because mm-hmm. uh, if you don't they're going to become three threes and then they're going to become <laughs> five fives yeah <laughs> it's like oh crap it's that momentum and, style um for for anyone who hasn't really gotten to play around with anything that does the everywhere thing, it it doesn't matter if it's a card in your deck. It doesn't matter if you're creating a, essentially what's a token, mm-hmm. or if you're creating a token from your graveyard, or, or well the Rune Terra graveyard. Yeah, which still needs um, some work. <laughs> yeah, like it it doesn't matter where this copy is coming from, it's buffed. Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's really cool mechanic, and uh, you know the the Freljord itself is just so tied into lore that it might as well be, if we're bringing up a legacy, it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be a big effect. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into some of the followers here. Uh, we'll start with Scar Mother Vrina or Vrina. I, I, Verna? Yeah. Okay. Vrina. For, I think it's if Vrina. If anyone has listened to our previous episode, we like, I'm tempted to say yeah. no names again. No, no names. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, man we're, we're gonna be embarrassing ourselves yeah. on this episode so just yeah you know, hang in there with so us. i'm gonna bring up what i said last episode for anybody who didn't hear where for <laughs> the uh frail yard i like to go with hard sounds uh because that's the way it seems like all the names are catered towards so i'm gonna go with Vrina, right that feels right Vrina. uh and she's a six cost three eight so big old booty uh, with overwhelm that when I survive damage, grant me plus three plus zero. Uh, Scar Mother's 
And the concept of earning your stripes, essentially, uh, in failure culture is all about doing battle. Um, you will notice that a lot of both men and women in the tribes, from an artistic standpoint, don't have perfect faces. They're usually scarred or beaten up or they have, you know, leftover battle wounds. And that's because that's that's kind of a proof of your worth, especially for war mothers. Um, and Verina here, I, br I brought her up. The main reason I chose her is because Freljord is really tight when it comes to lore, right? And this fits into the concept that not just her, because we really haven't gotten anything from her yet on the lore side that I know of, uh, but we have seen other war mothers respond to Ash's ways. So I'm going to get to talking about Ash in a bit and about how Ash is challenging the status quo of how to run a tribe, right? How a tribe should be be constructed and what matters to her versus the standard barbaric view of things. She's like the next generation of war mothers. Uh, and Reina here is one of them that does not like it. As you can tell by her quote, I would die shivering in the cold before sharing a hearth with Ash's weaklings. But if the desire, if they desire warmth, I will give it to them. Meaning fire. <laughs> she's on she's on that sejuani train when it comes to dealing with problems if anyone is interested in hatch's opinion on this one uh step on me mommy step <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't ready <laughs> all right let's get into your fun follower because i think everybody loves this guy <laughs> okay like this was These we could we, like we could not say that we are a rune terror podcast if we're going to go into the frail yard and not try to say that a follower for one of our episodes is going to be the babbling bjerg himself <laughs> all right um for as far as the card, the yeah. Babbling Bjerg is a four mana, three, three. When I'm summoned to draw a unit with five plus power. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, Freljord is really one of the strongest areas, if not the only area outside of one Noxus card that has tutoring. Yeah. And this is a, this is two tutor cards already that uh -huh. we're seeing in the region as far as just talking about this episode. Unity but, tribe. Um, I mean, even outside of like how much fun the character is yeah. like the babbling beard is a lot of fun but you've got to believe me <laughs> yeah bar the doors but um <laughs> the outside of how much fun he is like it's you know like the the Yard is so steeped in like myth yeah. and lore from the written concept like this is a, a a people that are very much entrenched in tradition and stories so the babbling Bjerg is you know he's a crazy loon but he's coming into the bar with these tall tails yeah and i like it's you know it kind of really still in a fun way shows what the frail yard is like uh, yeah especially you know, at least a side of it especially where we get in the stories that we have stories of the earth sign right and these mystical beasts that are out there and uh yeah. so it makes sense but yeah he's a drunkard uh he's but he drunkard. was once a great adventurer which you kind of see through the other art in the game yes maybe maybe we'll get enough where we'll do a whole episode yeah. on, on and, the babbling and beard you, himself and if you're ever bored and yeah. you want to have yourself a fun laugh, you you know, go into your Rune Terror client and open the full art for the Babbling Bjerg yeah. and just have yourself a chuckle because that bartender is not having it. <laughs> she is not having it. She is so done with this guy. And, and I, I love the card. Love it. Love it. 
So let's, let's get into our main characters for this episode, right? Which are Ash and Trindamir. So we're going to start with Ash uh, because she's a big, one of the, the biggest, the biggest influence on the Frail Yord. I'll say it. Challenge me. Don't at me. I, uh, I mean, who's, <laughs> who can challenge it? Like, know, the, more, right? the more that we dig into the lore of the Frail Yord, she really is a centerpiece. Yeah. And, and I put here, you know, Ash is Jon Snow. Kind of. Oh. Just for the Game of Thrones reference. Oh, um, so you want us to get sued. So I, yeah, I want us to it get sued. It started as your joke, but you're like, you're like, come on, please. Please, Mr. Martin. I I'm going to put in the episode tags, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Just to get more hits, baby. Yeah. Um, but no, so Ash grew up in a situation where her mother was super obsessed with, you know, these tales of the Avarosian throne. And the bow and, you know, gods and light and all these different things. And she was constantly putting the tribe in these long treks to go look for essentially what would be fool's gold, right? Um, these wild goose chases that resulted in their tribe slowly dwindling down. And Ash kind of challenges that because her mom is in this obsession. Uh, and it turned out, you know, if you read the comics, that her mom was essentially trying to find the throne for her, right? She wanted to leave her daughter a legacy, um, because she, her mother was known as, you know, one of the strongest well-known war mothers. Um, but as far as progressive, she wasn't that. Uh, so Ash, who always challenged her, she wanted to be able to give Ash something to continue. It's almost like she was going to feed Ash's legacy, uh, but she didn't want to let Ash in on that, right, kind of thing. Uh, who knows if that was a spur in the moment before death situation. But anyways, what ended up happening was their tribe got betrayed by their frost pe- uh, priest, which we talk about in the Sejuani episode about their influence on tribes they were betrayed um her tribe was wiped out besides her she was left alone and she escaped with the help of finding the actual bow finishing her mom's journey uh which granted her first of all white hair uh because the cold that true north coldness uh ran through her blood turned her hair white and then also granted her these extreme um archery powers is is it because the the cold never bothered her anyway (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Hetch, we just talked about getting sued. <laughs> how right, many how many we, properties we, are we going to target? We can't take on Papa Mickey. <laughs> All right, I'm putting Frozen in the tag as well. <laughs> Game of Thrones, Frozen, <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, so every tag. So the second half of Ash's story comes up with her overlap with Sejuani, where she's on the icy, which is a dangerous place to survive, but she is iceborne. Um, which means that she's able to survive harsher environments uh, naturally. And she meets with Sejuani. Their whole story is they grew up together until there's a feud between her mother and Sejuani's grandmother, split the split the tribe again, so they haven't seen each other forever. They meet up, and then we get to go into Sejuani's story, find out her background, but it all results in them creating this illegitimate uh, blood oath that ends up becoming broken when she sees, when Ash witnesses how Sejuani wants to deal with outside tribes because she just wants to get rid of any more mouths to feed where Ash wants to bring everybody together uh, to make them more uh, valuable, like get all the outcasts, which ironically uh, makes her similar to Darius yeah, in a weird way. And I, so I can't wait to get to the noxious region uh, to talk about that because they both have that concept of, the little guy rising up and letting the strongest kind of survive rather than trying to, you know, just eliminate people to make sure you're all right. 
Um, yeah, it uh, it's a common theme as far as the way that Riot is portraying the leader type mm-hmm. characters, uh, the ones that are uh, all of the leaders that they are presenting are the people that are kind of targeting the downtrodden. Yeah, and uh, as far as with with Ash and being Ash and the Darius com- like comparison, it's more of a thing of you know like okay the empire's actions versus the Freljordian actions mm-hmm. and it's like i mean that's that's gonna be more for a darius episode so i guess oh we yeah shouldn't... yeah we'll, we'll get we'll yeah. get there um yeah, but stay yeah tuned. ash <laughs> is definitely a high road taker and it's referenced in her short stories referenced in the comic it's referenced when you know shajwani says we're no longer friends we're no longer sisters and she's she's like whatever but i don't hate you and then she goes about her path uniting these smaller tribes to make the Avarosian um, essentially empire that all the tribes now hate, as we referenced with the Scar Mother. Uh, so that's Ash's cool, man. And then her card, real quick. So Ash is a four cost five three, definitely more of a controlling type card. Uh, on attack, she frostbites the strongest enemy. And then once five enemies have been frostbite or frostbitten that game, she flips into a four cost six four. Uh, with the ability that she still does that. And then also if an enemy has zero power, it can't block. Um, and that's just, that's a card that's meant for mid range to control. You won't see her in an aggro deck. There's no point. Um, this is definitely, Hey, I'm taking control of the game and trying to maintain that until the end. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out that it's not going to be an aggro. Cause like at, at the, in an aggro deck, it's like, at that point, you should already be like looking for lethal, not trying to flip. Exactly. Um, but the, as far as before we end Ash's tale, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of the dangers as far as her trying to unite all these tribes is that more the more people that come in, the more politics start to come into play. Mm-hmm. And the what Ash is now faced with is that Freudian tradition dictates that she should be looking to unify two tribes together through marriage. Ash is not interested in that. She's not interested in old tradition or unifying just one tribe mm-hmm. with a, the with hers. She's trying to unify all of so the Fiora, uh, Fiora, yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, how do I deal with this issue? And that's when she stumbles across this mad lad, the Beefcake himself, who is in the streets challenging anybody who walks by to to a duel. Yeah. He's just like fight me one v one me irl bro and snipers only and ash is like what who is this mad lad what what's going on here yeah he just he just lost he just lost a match and then told the guy to one v one him mid lane to prove that he's better <laughs> who is this guy and it turns out that it was a barbarian mm-hmm. from a virtually wiped out tribe by the name of Trendemir. And she says, you know what? I will make your nearly extinct tribe safe (laughs) within the Avarosan. Like you will officially be Avarosans if you marry me. Yeah. And then you, you will be my only husband. Yeah. This way she circumvents, you know, trying to like piss off other tribes by marrying into a bigger tribe, you know, like, you know, it, keeps a delicate balance yeah 
you know, for the game of the Ice Throne. And it's a good deal for him, especially from what his tribe went through, right? Like, essentially, they were just yes. ambushed. And yeah, yeah. While and, minding their own business. <laughs> and, and, well, you know what? Let, let's get into that. Let's get into that. Yeah. Like, who is this Trendemir guy yeah, who, who is, is now the barbarian king? Yeah. Um, and Trendemir, Trendemir comes from a part of a part of the frail yard that is the like the frozen steps yeah you know going back to our game of the throne game of thrones com- comments mm. and us getting sued you know he's <laughs> he's out he's beyond the wall that the black watch is watching yeah you know he is he is in the thick of it that's where he grew up um and the because of this, like you know, you mentioned how the Avarosians were rich in the sense that they have resources. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a roof overhead. They actually have the means to have a fire. Yeah. You know, and Trindomir grew up not having any of that. So with his tribe, because of limited resources, what they ended up prioritizing as far as for defense instead of armor was making big A swords. I mean. <laughs> Like, you know, know, anybody growing up with the Unreal tournament games, you know, the BFG, you know, they were making BFS, all right? And and the swords were fashioned to look like the the, uh, Tuskvors, which Sejuani rides upon a Tuskvor named Bristle, uh, but they, they fashioned swords to look like the teeth of these of these tusk boars, mm-hmm. of these giant boars, and that's all they had to defend themselves. And otherwise, you know, it was just a fight for survival every day. Yeah. And all that lasted until a day came where a dark figure comes into Trindomir's tribe, and being outside of all the civilization, they're very spiritual as far as just in beliefs of myths and the spirits around them so mm-hmm. they believe that this dark figure is actually a deity that they that they worshiped and gave offerings to yeah so they decide oh well it, it the deity has come to us we're actually being rewarded so they greet this dark figure with open arms and are slaughtered <laughs> and trendomir trendomir takes up sword goes to fight and gets absolutely destroyed just like the rest of everyone around him. Yeah. And while he is breathing his last, he focuses on the spirit who begins to talk to him. And then all he can make out and all he can remember is laughter yeah. from this dark spirit, which later on many league, many league fans will know that the spirit is Aatrox, mm-hmm. basically almost like a god of war. And Trindomir doesn't Ares. die. Ares. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> but, um, another Trind- lawsuit. Another lawsuit. <laughs> when will we, let's, just, let's just hit them all. <laughs> but, um, so Trindomir, Trindomir does not die. He yeah. ends up waking up and he is fueled by anger. And I... You know, since we're going on this lawsuit train, you're over here trying to you know, pedal <laughs> Ash as Jon Snow. We now have the birth of the great of the Incredible Hulk. Right? <laughs> he ain't green. He ain't green or nothing. He's but he's just as mad. And Trindomir <laughs> is now just a, a guy that That's is trying to like take these survivors, yeah, and just survive. Everything is just a fight for survival, except now instead of 
only surviving. Now he's just scaring everyone around him because he heals. Oh, his, his card. Fast. His card scares us. <laughs> Talk I, about that, please. I mean, like the card. The card is like the ultimate finisher. Yeah. I, if you're talking top end finishers in Rune Terra, uh, nothing equals Trendomir. Because first off. Before he flips, he's an 8-4 with Overwhelm, <laughs> all right? Uh, look, if you're – if you, there's an 8-4 with Overwhelm on the board, you're taking damage. Yeah. It's, you're going to hurt. <laughs> it's already scary. But his, his level up yeah. is if I would die, I level up instead. <laughs> so it, you get this threat off the board, <laughs> and he looks at you. He goes, <laughs> JK. <laughs> and when he flips, unlike the traditional plus one plus one that a lot of champions get, he becomes a nine nine, <laughs> not a nine five, a nine nine with overwhelm and fearsome. Oh so you thought gosh. you were chump blocking, <laughs> dude. The you, quote, the quote is amazing, right? Like, don't no, the, die for your cause, yeah. live for it. Do not die for your cause. Live for it. Oh, and, man. and the art is this man standing with more arrows in him than what some archers have in their quivers. <laughs> and like 9-9, nine, nine, Overwhelm, and Fearsome. The game's, the game game's is going to be over. Game's all right? All right? Like if, if it gets removed, you're done. Yeah. It's like because this was clearly your threat. <laughs> if it doesn't get removed, they're done. It's it's a it's it, a great it's a card. Bop. Yeah, it, it's a bop. It's a bop for real. So that that kind of takes us to our fate of the game, right? Where we kind of want to think, where does Freljord stand now as a region? Because at the beginning, you know, when everything first came out, Freljord was looked at as not that great um, in comparison to what all the other regions were doing. But as we get more cards, as we get these tweaks, and we get like cards revealed like Shijuani, um, we're starting to see Freljord be a legitimate option. Because if you go on ladder. You know, Hetch mentioned there's a lot of va- like very variety, but a lot of it is not Freljord. Like you'll see one or two decks from time to time, but there's still the other regions getting more love. So, do you think there'll be more moving forward with all these little changes? I I think there's going to be more moving forward even before we see a lot of these changes. Because at the time of recording, the there's already been some buffs uh, that have gone live um, to a Freljord only mechanic mm-hmm. being mana ramp. Yeah. And from playing other card games, mana ramp is powerful. Yeah. Like the ability to ramp is a very strong mechanic. And there have been some card games that go a little overboard with it. <laughs> cough, cough, magic, the gathering, cough, <laughs> cough. Um, but you know, like they, like it, it's a thing where, before these changes mm-hmm. there what was powerful like truly powerful and what the way the meta shaped up was was very linear and now we're going to see a little more flexibility and uh, things that are guiding more towards mid-range mm-hmm. so anything that that can be effective in mid-range is going to have more flexibility which is going to give us more variety so yeah i agree with that it, it's in a it's it's in an exciting place okay. i don't know if it's going to be strong Okay. But it's in an exciting place. So so that being said, with this new strong region, we talk about all these tribes, we leave out the names. I got a surprise for you, Hedge. <laughs> you, 
one of these days you can just end the episode. <laughs> like no music, just a hard cut, and it stops. <laughs> right. So thanks for listening. <laughs> so to wrap up this episode, we're going to name our tribes. Uh, crap. And and I'll go first. <laughs> My tribe would be named the Kulak. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we would be a financial tribe uh, where we focus <laughs> on balance sheets, big returns on investments. Oh, <laughs> what are you investing in this, in this frozen hellscape? Right. <laughs> Okay, okay, so you're just gonna own firewood. Like that's really <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing that's the only investment you're gonna make. And then where where are you gonna spend this money? Ain't no one up in the fro you're got asking to too sell. many questions of the kulak. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's your tribe name? Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> um I guess You said it earlier in an earlier episode. I wonder if you remember. Oh, did I? Oh no! Now, now I don't remember. Now, now you put me on the spot. Oh my! Yeah. So, uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So now I just need to think of our lore. Then. Your lore, the lore what? behind the who, chung guy. Who is the chung guy? The chung guy. <laughs> like, so the chung guy. Wait, I got it. Okay, the chung guy. Yeah. The chung guy. We're we're gonna be more of a seafaring people. Like we're we're in a frozen like, sea. And exactly. All right. So we're, we're we're like we're we're positioned where it's like where it's like the only thing we've got going for us is like ice fishing. Okay. How do we survive? We survive off of walrus fat. Okay. Right? Blubber's the only like blubber is all year round. Yeah. It's all we've got. It's what we burn our lamps with. That could be some cool it's armor. Eat it, walrus I armor. Think, and, and you know like with with walrus yeah with the male walrus reproductive organs mm. it's active actually made of bone instead of cartilage oh um, which is very different from like other mammals um, would that be your but, weapon uh, oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely i would be wielding i would be wielding my my boner sword <laughs> from the back of an oversized poro named cervantes oh my god <laughs> 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 Listen, Hatch never fails. <laughs> you, you had to help me that time. You had to help Dude, me. Dude, you never fail me, and that's why I love this section of the podcast. But as usual, we're done here. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. And we'll be back very soon with the next episode. <laughs> Looking forward to it, you guys. <laughs>